2021, and I'm Robert Booth of 3oaks1.com. That's three spelled out with the numeral one, and then dot com. You'll have a great time there looking over all the conspiracy theory material that, that I have there, and, and things that would lend to the reincarnate experience that I had that entailed myself being a reincarnate indeed of Jesus and, and somehow coming back as uh, Robert Edward Booth, which was like Ronald Milton Reagan, 666, and, and my birthday turned out to be September 23rd as well. You know, the day that the theologians who study those, uh, you know, the history of religious occurrences and stuff, the theologians, they... They couldn't figure out why September 23rd was important. Turns out my birthday, and then also 666 Robert Edward Booth, and that's interesting. Wouldn't be as interesting just that solely by itself, but a reincarnate experience that I had coupling that and had a master school teacher, and then I had, she told me I was the Messiah reincarnate. She was a master school teacher, and she said she was gifted, so she, she included the fact that I was the Messiah, and then I had two other ladies, one was 89 years old, and she said she was gifted, and that, that I was lucky to be able to function with all the status that I've been through and stuff in my life, and then she said, you're lucky you can function and all that, and she said, you are Jesus, she told me, and, you know, she was kind of only so significant at 89 years old, you know what I'm saying, but she said she was gifted and everything, and then... I went on to another town, and I forget where it is. I think it was North Carolina, Camp Jane area, Camp Jane, North Carolina. And then this lady, she was certified by the government psychic, and she. She wanted to do a volunteer uh, reincarnation reading for me. So I said, well, you know, go ahead. You know, I'm at your house. You know, I didn't really get to ask her. And I said, go ahead and do it. So she said that was the highest score that she received when they tested her for psychic ability. And she did good in the area of reincarnationism. She proceeded to sit in front of me for about a couple minutes, and she said, you were a priest, and you were a king somewhere in the Middle East back around 2,000 years ago. And I said, and a prophet? And she said, yes, likely. And you know, that applied to what I had went through in my youth, and this was probably, you know, 10, 15 years after what I had went through in my youth. Like, you know, they talk about these uh, past life regression. And it'll affect your life now. Well, it affected mine, you know. I mean, the master school teacher's telling me that you're the Messiah. And then the 89-year-old lady that I was in line at a hospital where they give out meds and stuff. Well, I had in, in put myself in the hospital for you know, mild exposure. I'd been on a, a hitchhiking event all across the United States. So anyway, she was in line there. She told me she was gifted. She knew who I was, etc. You know, so... And then, after all those occurrences, I knew something was going on. So I kind of followed through, you know. 
you know, given the depth of the understanding of things that it would take to see through what's really going on, you know, I mean, there's what it looks like going on, there's what some of the people believe is going on, a majority even, but there's what's really going on, you know what I'm saying, so... I look at it, you know, across the board, you know, I said, you know, this is what's going on with the Roman, you know, position in that thing where they had, you know, put themselves in the military into that, you know, area and everything. They was there doing this kind of thing when this went on and everything. You know, by the time I look across it and I see these Hebrew people, these Jewish people under the Judaistic practices. I look at those people and I say, these Romans did this, and this is what went on with that burning, that book burning that they did, 325 AD, when they burnt books after the Nicene Council had decided they had what they wanted to put into a canonized version of a Bible, you know, that Rome was producing, and, and this was a council developed between Rome and, and mostly Greeks, I think, and, they decided that they would burn the books after that that didn't dispute it or offered any contention for the the trinity that, that was being produced by these, this council that had been brought together over this canonization of what the Jewish writings included. So they figured out what they was going to do with what they had more or less and burnt everything that contended what they were going to put out. So, well, if you're on the receiving end of that, you had to be like a king of the Jews, and you saw back, you were looking back across that, this just per se type thing, and you say, you know, what would the Romans be doing, how brutal, and how, you know, much would they care about this or that, and how much would they try to get by with, you know, and you say, well, yeah, and I finally picked it apart, right, I picked it apart, picked it apart, I said, look at this, look at this, look at this. And like so many conspiracy theorists, I tried to avoid being overly, you know, hypersensitive to all my gosh, look what they're doing type things. You know, I mean, yeah, you can you can tell something's a little bit, you know, outright there, but you can't know you're just jumping to conclusions. But what I looked at and what I picked apart, you know, I mean, yeah, you'll probably catch me in some places, but overall it looks more like you know they're wise enough to get themselves a servant well if they know the principle of getting yourself a servant to get many servants and to have those servants basically do the deed of alleviating their king that the system they set up and brought forth with the stops that it has in it like you're not gonna find people in the psychology that people follow willing to go and practice laws that the Romans interceded in the production of this Bible and then, you know, uh, burn people for heresy and burn books and stuff, you know, I mean, the Roman military offering what they used to call indulgences if you broke the law instead of the state prosecuting you like the Jews would do when the whole group would team up and stoned to death or whatever went on as far as the judgment of the priests the tribal leaders you, you would do that this deed so nobody's going to go back you know except by force that the Romans are giving them this law that they say is coming from the Jew in these writings and, and we're now following this a 
according to the Romans, and, and you know, if you want to avoid state prosecution or you know the stonings to death or the exile from the tribes, you could pay fees to their church. You know, you could pay a fee for for this law breaking or the next, and you could guarantee yourself, you know, immunity from that state prosecution. Well, that leaves, you know, eventually with the stop. See, you've got that stop in place that. We've got to go back and use those laws that we know got manhandled by the Roman Empire as they as a republic, whatever, but they handled it with military, you know, assertion. And what they did leaves the common person looking at the Bible by way of a, a bishop or a reader, you know, in behalf of the church, you know, priest or whatever, you come out and get goods put into the to the cart that they rode out on to, 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 to minister to you and your family from this book that you weren't allowed to have your own copy of. You weren't allowed to have your own copy for like a thousand years. So by the time the style that is in it, where you're not willing, most people by nature, like people naturally resist the president. Like the first thing out of the election you start seeing in the paper and on the news is how people are politically downtrodden the, the new presidency. And they'll do that just out of the nature that people really don't like being governed, you know, and they're, they're automatically kicking back. And a lot of times the presidency or the ruler of their country is really not on the welcome end of things a lot if you allow it. So people have that nature to deal with and, and these Romans have put this book into effect by soldiers, by book burning, by heretics being burned, by having the power to enforce it, by having people that are willing to go around and say they agree with it, that can afford these indulgences or, you know, or, or, or pertain to abidement and what they, they come up with as far as this savior. That, that with the stops that are there, you, you know Rome handled it and, and the law, is, is these indulgences was going on until Martin Luther stepped in as reform and reformed the church from doing that and selling the indulgences. But, but then it wasn't long thereafter that they just took to the distortion of the fact that they were under this law of liberty and law no longer applied because we're not in the tribe like they could find in the Bible. I should have it ready for you to quote, but I don't do a lot of that. You'll find, I just know it's in there. You can go look as much, you know, that's a, a print. That's not, there's no Jewish order of priesthood, rabbinical law over that book, and I'm not responsible. I'm not going to, if I plead anything before any God, it's going to be that I'm not responsible for that book because of who, who, who printed it. The rabbinical laws are all broken. Whoever put their fingers on it there you know, alleviates any true responsibility to God. If you've got it in your hands and done some changes, you, you violate it. So I'm not going to feel you know, all that confined by the use of the Bible exactly. I might lend towards those type behaviors like the Christian church found this out. And, and commonly it's practiced that we're under the law of liberty. We aren't under the law. No more the law of 
Bose or something, whatever, the Judaistic law, you know. We're not under that law anymore. So you're supposed to be, or they wouldn't have had those indulgences for sale by the early church coming out of the Romans, but you just wouldn't have had them putting that in. What I'm reading states that Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, you see, that he came to fulfill the law, that, that yeah, you can alleviate a lot of sacrifices and stuff, and you can have mercy now and then, according to his example, at least in the Bible, occasionally there could be mercy outside of any of the legal parts that he, you know, willing to go through with, just like the rest of the tribe, you know. So, so he doesn't come to do away with the law, but to lead all men to the law. And so, you know, now everybody can be under this Jewish law that we no longer really know. We not, we can't just say, oh, here's the Bible, we know it. No, we can say book burning included, we know it. By the time you burn people for heresy and book burning and pray to Trinity and everything else, you done violated all kinds of rabbinical Jewish legal handling and nobody's really feeling all that guilty but if you want to practice Christianity and reverence of Christ that you love just by the story then you can circumvent the law by saying you're under this law of liberty but it doesn't go there and that's the kind of argument that Jesus Christ would give you that this law wasn't made for this reason and as king, he was saying that kind of stuff according to your documents, according to your Bible, the Roman production. He was he was bickering according, you know. You don't know that he was telling this stuff. So, you know, the rabbinical laws and the law itself, you know, he was leading you to that and to keep that except for the fact he showed you some mercy in certain instances. You know, that's fine and good. But you don't really, I mean, I can say that and you can say, oh, but you know them laws and taxes. No, I literally do not. I literally do not know which person that you should kill or exile from your tribe. I can say they look good on paper, okay? They look good on paper, most of the laws. If you was to keep that, you'd probably have a relatively successful community. But I don't know it. I cannot literally tell you that I know, K-N-O-W, that that was the law that the Lord ever laid down. And there's a stop. And as long as there's a stop, people will take the I love Jesus, jump up and down in the aisle together. They'll do that. But they're not keeping any of the law that they were selling the indulgences expressing the fact that they did have the law in that early church then therefore this hoodoo that you're giving people that we're not in the law is not true we are in the law except for the case the best I've understood is when you're not with the tribe like if you were a disciple and you were off from the tribe you would not be under the law during that instance fine fine but when you have 50 or 300 people once a group's established, you have a community and you can have the law. And look, the problem, one of the lead problems to that is you're not going to get any money out of the audience. You're going to have your life loving Jesus. You're going to want to stand there and minister, but there ain't going to be no audience. It's stopped. It's working. You can't just say, oh, we know this was the law. Everybody else is going to look at you and go, you're not killing my family offspring. You're not sending my son or my uncle away from the tribe. 
you're not doing it based on what you have in your hand and where it came from. And what are you going to do when the right powers are at work? You're, you know, and, and who are you going to get set in the audience? Set in the audience and say, all right, my son is still doing what you're not supposed to do. I, I guess me and my wife should bring him down and have a public killing since the law says so, right? All that's when mercy comes. Uh, you want to say that. But that doesn't necessarily mean this legal law-abiding Jesus, other than some merciful events, would necessarily cancel that out. Today, indeed, you and your wife are to kill your very son, who's now 30 or 28 or whatever. He's his age of reasoning. He's of age to make sense out of things. Here he comes all loud all night long, partying, hollering down there to town. He won't stop doing it. you got to kill him. Time to kill that one. Who says Jesus would show mercy on that one? He may or may not, but look. The law just doesn't say, oh, Jesus came. Everybody clap your hands. Now the law is no more there. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. You wouldn't have been selling any indulgences. What do you do, pick and choose? You're going to have to decide who deserves mercy. You might be able to pick apart what was going on in reality to any examples given by Rome about Jesus. That's not a good source to go to. Oh, but that's the Bible. That's the one that created the Trinity that didn't exist, that has Jesus that didn't worship the same God and everything when you look at these books of Judas and stuff. You don't even have him worship the same God as you got your Christian church down on your knees to Jehovah today. Even the book of John in the Bible states that you're not. You know, you're doing the will of your father, and he's separating the will of his father from the will of your father as you're the tribe of, you know, under Judaistic law. You're the you're following Jehovah Adonai. He's telling you, you know, in the book of John there, you know, he's a, you got the you're doing the will of your father. And I'm doing the will of my father, and he separates. So you got the wrong God down your knees to and everything else down in church. So I had my reincarnation experience, and I looked at it all across the board, and I said, you know, them evil Romans, if they could get a hold of some powerful magic and work it in any type of weave it into that whole situation, they would do it. They would do it, and you would have people because of the money that the church can produce and the hoorah that you can really get into kicking the bleachers with the girls and everybody, you know, down there, family event, everybody kicking the bleachers and everything together. You can get into all that. But when you really tell what you know, you do not know some of that stuff the same way Jesus was griping. And you sure didn't mean to have Jesus apply like a get out of jail free card and everybody gets out of all the law you basically did away with Jewish order using the Roman book and the stops of course the stops now the fact that you don't really know those laws what are you going to do go kill your kid now you don't know and you got an out as far as human nature right there but, but really really you don't know you don't know that the Roman order didn't you know, subvert the Jewish order in a way that would not be eventually safe according to the divine spirit. The holy divine spirit might not want you to do that, and you don't know that. 
Oh, I prayed about it. How many things have you prayed about that we can technically, you know, dismiss eventually if we look at what your prayer answers are? I mean, you know, let me let me put something in this box and you pray about what's in there. How about that? Pray about what I put in this box and put a lid on it. You come and tell me the answers. You know what I'm saying? So, forgetting all the hoorah, we, we really don't know a lot of the stuff and we got this Roman Bible and yeah, to pin it on 666 to make him look like you know, the other end of the thing. Yeah, John came back from the exile and became a pope. You gotta put that under your hat. What do you mean came back to be a pope? That's what John came back, the apostle who watched all those um, followers of Jesus crucified upside down, Peter and upside down, Gil and everything else. And then he went on to be pope after he was released from exile, producing a prophecy, probably from Jehovah Adonai, the, the same you know, way that the prophets served under him through the Jews, that he was God. Jesus saying right there, he said, you serve your father, you do the will of your father, and he separates his father. And then, you know, over in this book of Judas, they recently got out on the YouTube, that just as viable as any Roman created book during any revolution time, I mean, you look at that one and it tells you, Jesus said, I don't even serve the same God you do, Judas. Well, that means I'm down on my knees at church by way of Romans, I've, I've already subverted the entire Roman order. I'm saying, Jesus saved me. I'm no longer under the law. You might as well say, take an eraser and erase the Jewish order. You took Jesus and made an eraser out of him and said, you know, now there's no Jewish law. Okay, we try to do the do unto others type golden rule and stuff, but, you know completely subverted the church did away with Jewish order entirely and used Jesus as an eraser to do it if the Jews meant to do that what I mean if the Romans meant to do that which I would if I was them in a magic effort to use the non-physical couple with the physical and, and put the stops in place that would cause you to kick and go and do and look for these things and just like if I was chasing you on horseback like a Roman would I would want you to go there I would make it where you went there that's what I believe they did with your Bible. And I believe that they made me 666 because they was going to get a servant. Matter of fact, if they're going to get a servant, they're going to get many servants. Matter of fact, if they can think of that and incorporate it into the Bible, which Jehovah had an eye, they prophesied through John, the, the Revelator, who went on to be a pope now after he watched all of his friends crucified. Jesus did profoundly ask him upon the trail. He said, you know, John, tell me how much you love me. Well, that was strange. From from where did you come with that, you know? I mean, tell me how much you love me, you know what I'm saying? So John went on to do what he did. And Jesus made that profound comment about how much you love me, John. And, you know, and it's really weird that, that John didn't get noted as that by the big league church, you know, and displayed as that. And the fact that the Romans did create the Bible canonized version coming out of a revolution, you know, that they used voodoo, and that Jehovah Adonai is in voodoo. Voodoo practice magic, you can look it up on your internet, and you're going to find Gabriel, Raphael, all kinds of angel names attached to voodoo magic, and if you look up Kabbalistic magic, funny it doesn't say in your bible you know by the way if you're into an advanced level of something you can go over here and talk to me about voodoo magic 
or maybe apply this Kabbalistic magic me and my angels will gladly serve. Instead, all the Bible lens do makes either one of those practices seem relatively evil. And there's those people that will attest voodoo ain't evil, all of it. Well, if you talk to these Bible scholars and stuff, they'll have you down. Go ahead and show up at church doing a little voodoo. You know what I'm saying? So, Job Adonai's into that doesn't tell you. So, I feel like by the time the whole subversion of the church have you on your knees to him, when Jesus doesn't even serve him, and not you know, make it an instance of that at church, shows me that they've used the right non-physical couple with the right physical stuff to the dimensions that it took for them to completely do away with Jewish order, hand you this rah-rah, kick the bleachers crew coming through, and according to the book of Judas, Jesus said, you're going to be a bunch of fornicators when I return. You know, you apostles that are reborn or what have you, you know, you're going to be there, and you're going to be the preachers and the deacons of the church, and you know what they're going to be? Full of fornicators, and you're going to be those too. So you look at today's society, and you go, wonder if that book's real well. Maybe so. You don't know what it took to qualify for some of those books. They say they could sign it with somebody's name. I might even be associated with you. You might be able to go talk to Jesus, and I could talk to you, and, and still end up signing it. Jesus wrote it. That's the way they worked back then. So I found out that the Roman book has 666 down as the person that the servants are able to kill. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to get a servant, get many servants and have Jesus' strength become our strength. We'll take his Bible we'll, and we'll take these words from these Jews and we'll, we'll disassemble their Jewish order. We'll just make Jesus the instrument that they're forgiven. All you got to do is put a stop like where you kick back up against not knowing the law, not wanting to do the law. If you'll take not knowing it coupled with really not wanting to do it, if you'll put them two things together, you got something right there that they know you will go the direction you went. And society took it there. Oh, yeah, we're, we're not under that. We're now forgiven. You took a big eraser and erased the Jewish order, which fortunately you don't really know it anyway, and I wouldn't want you to come over and kill me not knowing it. But that's what you're faced with in church is not knowing it, saying you do know it, worshiping in the wrong God, and everything else until you get it together I don't really want to be a whole lot of that you know so I thought I'd sell it, tell it like it is right here the stuff that went on I was reincarnated I'm out here where the eagles are I don't know Christ might have had some experience I have those type experiences you know the Akasha the Akashic records and stuff some of those type experiences I can't say that I've always indulged in this lifetime to those experiences but yeah in a heartbeat, you would have something like the eagles are gathered type sensation. Somewhere along the lines, be able to depict, yeah, that's where I'm going to be. So, anyway, I'm out here where they're at at Lake Ozark. 666, Robert Edward Booth, September 23rd of Three Oaks One, the number one after you spell out threeoaks.com. Threeoaks1.com. And see more about what's going on with this guy talking about being past life regression, how a certified psychic pegged him as a priest and a king from the Middle East, a master school teacher said he was the Messiah, an 89-year-old woman in California, Los Angeles, California, said he was the Messiah. I mean, what's this guy going through? Check it out at thrix1.com. Look, you're going to
going to find out. There's something there. I'm also a Merovingian bloodline. I have two Merovingian kings in my past history that are in grandfather lines, like grandfather lines. You see what I'm telling you? I am direct grandson line of two kings of England, and they're the Plantagenets, and they're the Merovingians that come down from William the Conqueror, the French Norman uh, conqueror that came to England and conquered King Henry. Yep, that is my family bloodlines. I'm just a grandson of a grandson of a grandson, but I am grandson material of a king, Plantagenet kings of England. Merovingian, prophesied by the Knights Templar to actually be the return ruler of the world, and they claim that really he's undercover as the bad guy when he's going to spring out and be the good guy. That's me. Peace, everybody. Uh, peace, profound, and have a good evening.